0: Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own You talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here we Zizzy, y'all be cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts, you know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. I know that all y'all want for Christmas is us, because we are back. What's going on, everybody? It's the Christmas season. What's up, Mickey? All right. December 1st. The December
1: snow is not falling yet, I but the Christmas spirit is in the air. I, I love the Christmas.
0: Food. It looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what is going on,
1: man? Talk to me. You know, life is good. Uh, just living the life, watching a ton of football, watching on the basketball. You were correct. Uh, the boy Anthony Edwards went first, Melo, Well, Mello went yes. third, so I got to give yes. a shout-out to you there. Uh, great NBA draft. They did a great job there. But uh, this whole episode, you already know. Oh. We going, back, we going back we have a lot of football to talk about.
0: Yes, so I know we're gonna cover. We're gonna cover the last three weeks. We got some recap, obviously, to talk about. Obviously, I might even have some hot takes. Might might be talking some some injuries. Might be talking some scores. I, I don't know. We're, it's gonna be interesting. But we're gonna be talking about individual teams. So I know you already have a list over there. I got a little list as well. Start it off for us, big guy.
1: So, no better way to start out week 10. I've been itching to talk about this. The catch. The Hail Mary. The one of the best catches I have ever seen. Sorry, Odell. Move over. DeAndre Hopkins, like I've said, is the best receiver in the National Football League. With two seconds remaining, goes up, calling the buzzer beater of football, and catches the Hail Mary to beat a very good Buffalo Bills team to make them a legit contender here in the playoffs. This Cardinals team is so fun to watch. Like I said, we're becoming a Kyler Murray podcast. You put me on earlier on this year, earlier <laughs> in our episodes. And granted, he had 245 for one touchdown. Not amazing by any means, but, you know, it's a, uh. he also kind of got carried by your, uh, your old young blood Kenyon Drake from Miami. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 127 yards, one tutty at the end. I mean, we're talking Cardinals here, and it's – uh. It's really good
0: here in week ten. I mean, yeah, I'm all right. So in week ten, I mean, they win the game. It's on a hail mary. Obviously, we're on the Kyler Murray train, but let, let's slow down the roll. I mean, yes, he scores three touchdowns total, but let's be honest. That one th- passing touchdown at the game, like you're like, like that's all D hop, and he's going up and he's just manhandling every DB out there on the on the Bills side the of the three. ball. I'll make yeah, three. Yeah, dudes. yeah exactly. And, like, I know that we like to talk about who the best receiver in football is, and a lot of us believe it's Michael Thomas. But, like, as seasons progress, and obviously Michael Thomas has dealt with injuries, like, I don't know, do you got to look at D-Hop? You got to look at D.K. Metcalf? I mean, there's a couple of them out there right now. Tyreek Hill, uh, obviously, but we'll get to that at a later time in another week. But still, this Cardinals team in general, I put them at five for a reason. They win Big-time games. They're a good team. They're pretty dang good. And like you said, Kenyon Drake, when he shows up like that and they have a rushing game to back everything, like everyone knows Kyler Murray might be able to get some rushing yards. But when Kenyon Drake carries it on and averages six yards a carry, like, I don't know. They got playmakers on the outside of the ball. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk can go deep. Obviously, you have Larry Legend. And then Kyler Murray's going to do his thing. Yeah, he only had one touchdown and he had a pick but he still ran it for 61 yards and two scores. Like, yeah, I'm with you. The Cardinals are a, real, are a real team and a real competitor, and they beat a real team and a real competitor. Let's not sleep on the Bills now just because they lost this game. Like, they lost on a Hail Mary. and In all reality, they bas-
1: they won everything except the last second.
0: So, I mean.
1: No, you're saying a lot of the good things. The Buffalo Bills are a legit team. They're probably going to win the – AFC East, like I've been saying now, I know you probably have some other controversy there. Yeah, but I mean, eh. This is a playoff Bills team that the Cardinals beat, so that means they can hang with playoff teams. But
0: well, you didn't think they could before,
1: I not at the beginning of the year,
0: uh, I not beginning of the year, but still, I mean, it's they've been growing on everybody now, they're six and three, they've been, they haven't been asleep.
1: I beg to differ because now we get to week 12. I mean, uh, week uh, 11. My apologies on the Thursday night football game. Now, against the Seahawks, which the Seahawks are another playoff contending team, another great team. The Cardinals are really going through a tough schedule here, uh, middle of the season, middle like third. But, uh, once again, I mean, Kyler Murray goes 269 for yards against the Seahawks, two touchdowns there. He didn't have any rushing this time. He only was held to 15 yards rushing, which is actually kind of big lately. D-Hop was kind of held. He only had 50 yards on five catches. I mean, this Cardinals explosive offense kind of got slowed up by the Seahawks defense. I thought the Seahawks defense was supposed to be bad. Uh, When Russell Wilson, who was a front runner of the MVP at one point in time, was only through for less than 200 yards and two touchdowns, and they still won the game, like, that's kind of tough to do. But, uh, I mean, this was a more of a defensive game. I mean, 28-21, but Cardinals did lose by seven to a very good Seahawks team as well, similar record to the Buffalo Bills. But, I mean, that kind of shows, like, all right, they're on the opposite side. They're not there yet.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, every a lot of teams have kinks to work out. And like you said, they're going on back-to-back games. They're coming off a game where they just had to win on... A, they just won on a Hail Mary, or how everyone likes to say it, the Hail Murray um but i mean when you're coming off an emotional roller coaster like that like that takes a lot out of you and then you got to turn around and face another mvp candidate at quarterback like the seahawks after winning this game are 7 and 3 they came in with the same record um these guys are 5 and 0 oh at home and the cardinals are having to go play that like so it's it's got to be I mean, I mean with with the Cardinals there's not, there's a lot of still good things that you can take away from it because I mean I don't know you're the first person that I've seen have a game combined for 49 points and say that it's gonna that it was a defensive game but
1: yeah no um, I, that's crazy to say but I, I, I felt like it was
0: really. I mean, I mean I guess by the standards of the teams because these are two teams where you're not expecting the defense to do much if you're saying that but let's not act like the Seattle Seahawks especially in this game, don't have it like it's not like they don't have players on their defense I mean you got Jamal Adams you got Trey Flowers Dunlap's out there KJ Wright Bobby Wagner is still I mean elite, elite. I, yeah elite. like come on now so they have players and they can sometimes individual players can step up to have bigger games and make the overall defense just a little bit tougher from day to day it's a statement game I mean that that also can play a factor but I mean, I'm not going to say it was necessarily a bad game by the Cardinals. It just got beat by another good team that if they all make it to the playoffs, which I still believe they should, um, it could be a potential playoff matchup down the road. I'm not knocking the Cardinals for losing that game. I mean, they just had – they're one and one in a two-game tough stretch, basically, through these two weeks. So I I didn't see too much going on wrong with it. The big issue I had, actually, if anything – was the fact that Kenyon Drake bounced back with a 29-yard performance? Like, if we're gonna, if they're gonna be the elite, this elite team that goes out and does serious damage in the playoffs, I think that even though Kyler Murray's great, they can't just rely on him. And I think that for pretty much any team except the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Shows moving on to the next week with this Arizona Cardinals. Go to next week; they play New England. This is a not really a must-win, but a winnable game by any means because the New England Patriots are definitely on a we'll say a down year. Murray, guy I've been hyping up. The guy I've been loving. The guy I would love to bring home to Mama and Papa Hines right (laughs) yards, One interception and then his rushing game which we know he can rush. Five attempts for 31 yards. I mean, Kenya Drake had 78 and two touchdowns so there we go. We got that running game back a little bit. That's all it was. So was this just a good uh, Bill Belichick coaching game against their elite players, that being d Hop and Kyler Murray? Or is this the Cardinals showing their true colors? Are they letting the wings fly here? I do not think so. I think somehow they'll bounce back and find that prolific offense that we've seen all year. But this is also kind of a game you got to look back at like, ooh, we definitely should have had that one, a 51-yard banger from uh, uh, Nick Folk for winning the game. I mean, it's another close game the Cardinals are winning, so if they play well, they're going to win by 10-plus points. We just got to see if they're going to flip the switch here, and Kyler Murray's going to play like he was in the beginning half of the season.
0: Yeah, and that's the name. That's the name of the game of football. But I just love for a second. I'm glad you followed it up with that because for a second I was sitting here like I love how we're going to build them up this whole beginning of the podcast, <laughs> and just tear them down like it's it's over. No, it's not. Over. Now, did they blow this game? Should the, is this game a game that they should have won? I agree with you 100. Now, Kyler Murray didn't have a great game. He only have 170 yards. You don't throw a touchdown. You got an interception. You only running for thirty yards, but I mean, it's Bill Belichick, and he's a mastermind, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And we've seen if any team limits the Chiefs as as good as anybody, it might be the Patriots. So they know how to limit mobile quarterbacks that have strong arms. Like they can do that. Um, but when Cam Newton is throwing nine of eighteen for eighty-four yards and two interceptions, like when your defense is keeping the passing game that to that much of a limit. You, you have to capitalize. You have to win that game. And especially when you've taken – when you're just coming off of a loss against a good team that's playoff bound, you're playing against this AFC East opponent who's third in their division and not really looking like they're going to be making a playoff push, at least in my opinion. So th- these are the games that you have to win. This is definitely an upset. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us picked the, the Cardinals and the Pick'ems in this game. I think but one still- person
1: chose doing that.
0: Yeah, but still, like this is this was one of those games where like you got to expect the good teams to bounce back from. And I don't know, mate, you're mentioning it showing their true colors. Like, don't get me wrong, I still have them as number five in the league. I thought they were great coming in and like in the conference, number five in the conference. I still think that they're a great team and can get it together. But if they lose again, going into week thirteen and even out their record, like I, I start getting nervous at that point
1: and at that point is going to give some of these teams who are in the hunt a chance at that 7C that being the new format by the NFL. Let's talk about that. In the hunt team that I so much cherish and have all positive thoughts talking on this episode which is going to be absolutely wonderful. Okay. Double we'll six. Oh god. Who are right behind the Cardinals which they lost if Chicago would have won this past week we would have been ooh we would have been Looking pretty. But let's go back three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Monday Night Football. Call me Hank Williams Jr. The Chicago Bears can have a a well should have won game here against the Minnesota Vikings. Going to get out of this little slump that we're in. We're going to get Roland, Matt Nagy or Bill Lazaro's calling plays. He's going to make it work. Nick Foles, oh, this and that. Let's go. So real quick, Vikings played a good game. Two ninety-two by Kirk Cousins. Two tighties a pick. All right, and Cook. Of course, he cooked, but he didn't cook too much with ninety-six yards. I mean, we could have had. He could have had more. And Justin Jefferson is the real deal. So now, let's go to the Bears. I don't know how to say this. Twenty-five <laughs> yards in the second half <laughs> of a football <laughs> game. It's tough. I think they might have ended with 46 or so because they had a really long pass towards the end of the game. Okay. That's tough. Positive side uh, uh, of it. They did not have David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen, so they have Cordell Patterson back there who's not really a running back. And he had 30 yards. He averaged 2.5 yards. Okay. Cool. Alan Robinson still can catch through pretty much anything. And that defense kept us in this game the entire time. Khalil Mack, you know, had a had an interception. Then you also look at, you know, just how well that defense played, keeping this team not scoring. Minnesota only scored 19 points. And I've always said if you keep a team under 20 points, you can win a football game in the NFL. That defense was just out there so long, and they balled and showed that they were an elite defense. Now tell you what, Roquan offense.
0: Smith looks good. Roquan Smith looks very good.
1: Roquan Smith has, I'm pretty sure, the top three for most tackles this year. Now, typically, you know how that goes with the Grinnell running uh, linebacker. That means your defense is always on the field. So it's kind of a good thing slash bad thing. But after this loss, I was like, it's okay, Yang. We're going to bounce back. We're going to obviously see that a position change might be in need because Nick Foles got hurt. So I'm like, hey. It's Mitch time. We get a bye week right after this. Let's go Bears. But I'm going to let you talk about that Minnesota game.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, at this point, it's a toss-up, Mickey Hines. I don't know who the best quarterback on the roster is. I, d- I don't know, okay? I've been arguing for Nick Foles the whole time, and honestly, when you're talking about accommodations and awards or whatever, or recognition, you just have to say it's him because he won a Super Bowl. But you're right. He's just, he's just not supposed to be a starter, I guess, at this point. I, but at this, but I, I don't know who's going to be better. I don't know what it is. I feel bad because, yes, this defense, again, keeps a team under 20 points, which in the National Football League is all you really ask for from a defense because your offense should score enough to at least compete with that. But like you said, when you come out and you have a second half like that where you don't even move the ball, you barely have a first down, I can't remember the number of first downs it was once half. One was it one. The I last drive. Yes, I was gonna say two, and I think it was just because of that last throw, but either way, when your third down efficiency is two for eleven, you go for it twice on fourth down and you don't get it. Like they they've had no capability of moving the ball. And it was pretty hard to watch. It's a pretty big game. They're falling at that they're like they're at that point the losing streak continues and yes now the quarterback question comes into play because i don't i don't know because at, when you look back maybe this whole season you have to start blaming on the head coach if it continues to go south because he did pull mitch when you guys were what 3 and 0 3 and 1 yeah and i mean sometimes even though it may look ugly you don't pull you don't pull him when it comes out when it when the end result is still successful so maybe that's something we'll have to start thinking about and discussing as we move forward through these uh, next few weeks and talk about some other games that they have with some unfortunate results. But um, I'll leave that to you.
1: Yeah, it really stinks. But it's okay. Positive vibes, positive vibes. Starting out 5-1, and one, you cannot blame that on a coach. You got to say, hey, good job, coach. You're starting out 5-1. and When you lose four straight games, you go 500. Oof, duh. But there's no better chance, Dizzy. Week 11 was a bye week for them. Perfect before playing their arch rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Getting ready, getting Mitch even a little bit more healthy because I know he had a shoulder injury during the Saints game. Let's go. Bye weekend. Oh, another prime time game. Are you ready yeah. Sunday night football? Call me Carrie Underwood. Love Sunday night football. Love watching it. But Alan, uh Alan Chris were not there. Chris Collins versus Al Michaels. I was a little upset. Tony Dungy is great, though. You know, you can't hate on the man, but uh so that was a little. I knew it was all gonna be a little difficult from the start when I didn't have my two boys announcing the game. Now let's move on (laughs) to that uh, to that game. The
0: vibe, it's the vibe throwing it off.
1: Yeah, positive vibe. I'm gonna start with real quick. The defense did uh, give up, and I think this was the game that the defense didn't almost win it, or the you you showed that you know if that defense wasn't as good as what they have been the previous ten games, wouldn't be finding in the hunt. So the positive outlook here, Mr. Zizzy, is that defense will play better, and this was their flute game. This was their trap game. This is the okay. – we were ready. We over Yeah, we I- Yes. We came in with a little bit too yeah. much. Like, okay. But zero quarterback hits on Aaron Rodgers. You have to get a touch or a pushdown of Aaron Rodgers because – Aaron Rodgers is very good, and you have to get some kind of pressure on him. So that's kind of the positive notes on the defense, which obviously led to the score of 41-25, which I do not like seeing, but it's okay, positive vibes. Now, yeah. offense, something finally clicked. I know you can say, oh, the second half, they finally turned it around. That first drive, they drove down, should have got a touchdown. Allen Robinson had four feet, boom, 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 fell down, the ball finally fell up. That's a catch. I'm sorry, if you take two steps into – the end zone and dropped the ball. It's the same thing, so that should have been a catch. That's uh, right. The fumble for Green Bay, and they returned it for a touchdown. Should not have been a touchdown because Mitchell Trubisky almost had his face ripped off. And I watched the game before that. Patrick Mahomes got doinked in the head, like with a palm of a hand on the top of his head. And they called that a face mask rucking the passer. But Mitch Trubisky's over here getting deheaded, calling the headless horseman. Like, come on now. Refs, <laughs> but I'm not going to blame. I will never blame a loss on the refs. My last positive point about this before I let you weigh in on the Green Bay Chicago showdown here Mitchell Trubisky out through Aaron Rodgers in yards 211 to 242. Cav, he also threw a lot more times, but that's okay. He had three touchdowns and yes, two interceptions. One of the interceptions, two of them actually were both on him. Very dumb throws, double one was triple type. Mitch, come on, you got to know that. But, obviously, I knew one interception was going to come. Hadn't played. He's only played 11 quarters this year. Yank, like, he had to get the rust off, and I knew that was going to happen. Okay, we knew that going in. But, I mean, that's better offense we've had in the past three weeks. That was the first offensive touchdown since the Tennessee Titan game. That was three weeks ago, Mr. Zizzy. So, that totally shows you that this is the quarterback we need. Three touchdowns looking great. David Montgomery somehow Mitchell being in the pocket makes our running game better. David had a hundred yard game, nine yards per carry. Like, that's amazing. We probably should have ran the ball a little bit more. And Al Robson is showing that he is a uh, two touchdowns. Like, the offense is clicking, and that's so positive. Look at these final, what, five games? If we go five and up, we'll so in that hunt and possibly taken away from Kyler Murray's uh, Cardinals. But what do you guys say about that?
0: I know it's a lot to digest. Yeah, no, it's a lot to digest, but um, I'll keep – I'll just go at a few points. So, first off, of course, I will actually agree with you. I think that they got Des Bryanted. I think that was a catch. and I think, obviously, like flow of the game, things could have changed. it been different. Um, Another thing, though, when it comes to the fumble and, like, with the comparison to Mahomes, well, that's just – that's what happens when it's the golden child of the NFL So, like, that that just happens in football. I I hate that that's one of the politics things that can happen in the game. But that's going to happen. And if Mitchell could – Mitchell just got to play better, I guess. But you're right. He had three touchdowns. He had 242 yards. It's not like that. he was awful the entire game. It's just that he had two bad interceptions. He has other turnovers. He's still wild with the ball. But I will stop with the whole Nick Foles – Versus him, at least as the starter, you know, like at least for this season, Mitchell Trubisky probably does need to remain the starter and at least gave their offense a spark because you're right. This was the fluke game for the defense. The game where it's like, I mean, the defense has been, in my opinion, quite dominant for at least 85 to 90% of the games thus far, if if not all of them. And then you're going against an all-time Hall of Fame great, Aaron Rodgers, who goes off on a really good hot start of, of all things, too. So, like, I mean, they had a back game. Did they let up? Yes, obviously a lot, but the Bears were still able to put 25 points on the board. And that is encouraging because anytime you score north of 20, you give your team a chance to win. It doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Sorry about that. But, um, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're able to put points on the board, it was an improvement. I thought offensively, even if a lot of the points came late in the game, um, I did think it was still an improvement. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But as far as this whole five game winning streak and making it a playoffs, Mickey Hines, I'm sorry to say it, but the Chicago bears might as well be mathematically eliminated at this point, because I just do not see that happening as good as their defense is as much of a little spark as it, as they had on the offensive side of the ball this past weekend, like, it, it's not going to come together. If they they had the greatest chance when they start out the season at five and one, you go on this kind of a losing streak, and you're below five hundred now with all these other teams. I understand there's one more added NFC spot, but there's more NFC teams that are just better than that at this point. You got to face the facts. I'm so, I'm not trying not trying to burst the positive bubble. I just want you to smell the realistic flowers.
1: Well, I am smelling from your realistic uh, flowers, your realistic garden, because you finally got some sense in you. And the, this is the first time a quarterback for the Chicago Bears has thrown three touchdowns since week three, that being Nick Foles' uh, fabulous uh, bench, coming off the bench, balling out against the Falcons, which, like we said, he's yeah, the greatest I say one of yes.
0: If you guys did win five straight, would you just have to keep Mitch as the starter going in the playoffs? Yeah. If I was you, no actually, either. no, you keep him in as a starter. But I think I might actually hope, not seriously, but like that he yeah. <laughs> maybe gets removed from the game at any reason just so Nick Foles can do his playoff run.
1: No, and that's, I mean, we that's what we talked about earlier on in the year as well. But I'm just looking back and there was scores when the Chicago Bears only had 11 points, they only had 10 points, they only had 17 and we somehow won that game another with 20 this is the most points we've scored since the Atlanta Falcons game with 25 I mean, Mitch Trubisky is the answer here and it's obviously showed the running game's better so positive vibes are through the roof on the offensive side even though we lost so I'm loving it I'm let's go five in a row, I'm smelling the realistic flowers
0: all right, all right. At least it, you're not over too over the top right now, so I'll i will give it for it. I'll give it to you.
1: I, and the, my last thing about that is we play Minnesota, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville, and Green Bay. Two of those games will be tough. Three of them are very winnable games. The Vikings, again, because they already beat us, and same with Green Bay. But Green Bay week 17. They may not be playing their starters. That's an easy kind of getting game, but I don't know with rivals and whatnot. Moving on, though, my last team, I'm going to keep it to three tonight, that's so fine. Can get this show on the road. No, no, is good. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which you have been hyping up so much. Uh, just saying, who's the number one seed in the NFC right now? Who, uh, who's, who's correct? Uh, right. Hey, that's fine. That's years. fine. That's oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. I am. So, let's go back in our time here about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers smoked. The Carolina Panthers. Rojo had the 98-yard rush. They're looking good. This was a great game. I think after that loss, if I stand corrected, let me step, excuse me, step, check myself real quick. Yeah, after that blowout against the Saints, which we were like, whoa, watch out. Okay? So they're back against Carolina. Then we get to week 11. Let's see what this Tampa Bay team could do. Ooh, lots of tough ones. By three to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams are a a good football team, dare I say. Um, I'm kind of a little torn. Like, if they're good or not, that defense is ferocious. Shout out, my man. Just the worst going again. Blocking Aaron. But, Jared Jerry, has the game. 76 for two touchdowns. Granted, two. I pulled it. Two, six, two. And the run game was ghosts again. That hurt. Game with Jared Goff kind of going off, and then we'll talk about. Oh, we yeah, week twelve.
0: Yeah, week twelve. My you're Bucs chief. Yeah, my
1: apologies on that. I had a little fluke. Uh, no, you're but, good. Uh, yeah, and then we get into the week twelve. All right, Tampa Bay's going to come back. They don't like losing back to back games
0: which was the big thing that I'd usually like to point out about them. So And
1: what was the score from last week? 27-24. What was the score of this week? 27-24 after being down because Tyreek Kill absolutely torched that first quarter. They looked like us out there. Is he trying to break our own records and our <laughs> mentality? Patty For real. was putting on a show. He said, "Yeah, you talk about someone else being MVP? Yeah, psych." And 27-24. Granted, the Bucks came back. They shut them down the second half. I think the Chiefs took their foot off the pedal during that game, though. They're kind of like, oh, we got it. Tyree Kill has, I think, 200 yards and three tutties or whatever. Two touchdowns in the first quarter. 270
0: like, yards and three touchdowns, yes. Yeah,
1: that was his total. Like That's just phenomenal. And Patty Mahomey yeah, 462 awesome. by three. It's kind of passing the torch game here for Tampa Bay, which kind of stinks because we're trying to hype up this Buccaneers team because they got so many yards. But, I mean, Tom Brady, 345 for three TDs. If he doesn't throw those two picks, I mean, they're in business, you know. And Rob Gronkowski finally came alive. It's his first 100-yard game. Mike I would say finally came up, Those two but... And that defense is still solid. I mean, they only held the Kansas City Chiefs to 27, which I know I'm saying that's a lot. But when you hear the stat line of 270, three touchdowns by a wide receiver, you think the score is going to be a lot different than only 27 points. So I do not think the boat is sunk for the Buccaneers. I know they're 7-5, and they're a little, you know, if some of these teams in the hunt kind of catch fire and they don't, Buccaneers might be a little worried, but I don't think they should worry at all. They're going to be um, sailing pretty well here moving forward they have a bye week to get everyone healthy to get everyone ready and then they got four games to really decide what's going to happen for their future and i know they play the vikings in week 14 and i'm just going to show you week 15 before i let you talk about the tampa bay buccaneers and then they play the falcons so i mean two winnable games coming up to really solidify their playoff spot but we will see i'm really confident about the buccaneers even though they have that two back-to-back losses And it's just got to be Bruce Arians and Tom not fighting. And Tom Brady's got to play Tom Brady ball. It's worked. He's the GOAT. He's the six Super Bowl rings on his finger. He knows how to play. He knows how to win. So, I mean, you got to play Tom Brady ball.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why all I would really say is, is there any cause for concern? No. No. I don't think there is. Um, I, now, don't get me wrong; they might not win the division if the Saints continue to win, and they're obviously two going to be two and zero against Tampa, so they're going to own the tiebreaker. So, while I could be wrong about that, as far as the Tampa Bay Bucks making the playoffs, no, I'm not necessarily concerned. They just lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs are the number one team in pretty much everybody's mind, no matter what they think about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Um, because they're the defending champs. They have the best player in the league. And now I know you're saying that it's a passing of the torch game, but like we all know who the best quarterback in the league is. It's been Pat Mahomes for the last couple of years, but it's just more like, it's just more like Tom Brady is the goat in a lot of people's minds, including my own, but it is like, yeah, like may like the potential of Patrick Mahomes is that, but yeah, like passing the torch, if you want to call it that, like, sure, we can do that. But Mahomes is obviously the elite talent. He has elite talent around him. They don't even have to use their talents at running back with Clyde edwards Hilaire, and Le'Veon Bell. Tyreek Hill had two hundred plus yards in the first quarter with two touchdowns. Like, I just for all you fantasy goers out there, <laughs> if you were like me, you will never know how. Like, if you're like me, you are the only people that know how happy it, you are made when you look that early in a game and see that many points. It is incredible, but for him to do that. Yeah, they probably did enter coast mode, but the bucks are still a solid team. They have great weapons. Like you said, Gronk is coming alive. He's definitely settled in as his season was gone. Chris Godwin's starting to look healthier. Mike Evans, does he necessarily look great this season? No. I don't think so. No. But every time he makes a catch, it's a touchdown. So and it's a that's always Mike
1: me. Is good. Like he does yeah. have to remind like, He's all yeah.
0: Like, I mean, he's still got nine targets, but he only got three catches, but two touchdowns. Like, it's like, okay, he could be this crazy impact player, but it hasn't been a season. That's all right. Rojo's obviously been great, pretty good out of the backfield. Antonio Brown has been surprisingly not that much of a factor anywhere so far, but he's just got to get back into it. I'm sure they'll figure that out as well. Their defense moving forward is still young, still good. They got um, Sue, Jason, Pierre, Paul. Antoine Winfield's been great as a rookie. Devin White and Levante David are nasty in the middle. I mean, they're they're a great team. And, yes, did they lose against the Chiefs? Yes. But did they lose against the Rams? Yes. But sometimes score doesn't always tell the whole story. Like, with the Chiefs, they won 27-24, to but they scored 17 of those points in the first quarter. Like, the the team tightened up. The offense came to play in the second half. And if the offense had gotten off to a better start – they could have still easily won that game, even that with game. the Chiefs. Yeah, even with the Chiefs' offense going off that uh, first quarter, um, and then against the Rams, that's just kind of a matchup thing, in my opinion. Honestly, I think the biggest threat to the Bucks is any time they play a team that has a crazy pass rush, because you can see Tom Brady's age showing a little bit. And what do you expect? He is old, guys. He is so old in a way to be playing at that high of a level at quarterback, like. He's a little bit slower when he plays against teams that have a solid pass rush, especially on the edge. And they get to him in a quick amount of time. Yes. He releases the ball quick, but he's not as accurate. He's not making those uh, as well-placed th- throws than what, uh, than what he used to be able to do. So yes, there are some, he's not as great as he used to be, but just because they have a couple weaknesses, just because they lose back-to-back games and we don't expect him to do that. Like, I still pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game this weekend. Like even though knowing that the Bucks and Tom Brady, the GOAT, always bounces back after a loss, like at the end of the day, they're not really supposed to win that game. And the Rams, everybody has a letdown team and it's not like the Rams are no slouch. I know you were saying like are they a good team? I think they are. I think that just because they lost to teams like the Dolphins and that may annoy you doesn't mean that they're not a good team. So, they're a good team. They just had a couple bad weeks. Like you said, they've got a good schedule coming forward. I think I covered all your points, but I think they're going to be fine moving forward.
1: Yeah, the last two things before I let you take over with the uh, your teams for the past three weeks is Tom Brady is old. He's 42, I think, 41, 40. And the thing you got to look at is when you're 40, when I'm 40, I'm going to be playing backyard with my kids, backyard football. And they're going to push me over once. I'm gonna be like, Oh, my knees, my knees. <laughs> and honestly, I'm going to go beat them in a basketball game right after that. But uh the thing is, of course, when you're 40 years old, you to get hit. Now, Kyle Murray, or he'll, he'll try to wear one. He'll try to get those extra yards. Kirk Cousins, I saw was kind of do the same thing. They're younger. They, they can do that. And, Tom Brady is not going to – he is not the best quarterback in the league right now, obviously. It's plain as day. That does not discredit him for being the GOAT, though. Was Michael Jordan the best player in his last few years with the Wizards? No. We were watching the modern-day Michael Jordan versus LeBron James battle to, uh, uh, on Sunday, that being the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the now Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Like, it was really cool to see that because now when we're – Older, we like, oh, remember when they played? Like, oh, he's not the goat. Do, 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 do. We have a chance where they actually played against each other. So that was really neat as well. But I'm going to turn it over to you, Mr. Zizzy. Who do you want to recap?
0: The first team I want to talk about is a team that nobody talks about the Indianapolis Ooh. Colts. So let's jump back to week 10. It's a big time game, even though nobody knew it was because everybody was picking Tennessee to win. Tennessee had lost a couple games. Tennessee was looking like they were struggling. They're coming in against a Colts team that, you know, like they have a good record, but what, what really is the make of their team? We didn't really know yet coming in and Phillip Rivers, he's older too. He's another one of those quarterbacks that like his mobility is so limited nowadays, but when you have a team that can block for you, like the Colts have been able to, and the Colts typically always have a great line, but the Colts have been able to block up front for him. They've been able to give him time. They have developing receivers and Michael Pittman Jr. But they come out, and he throws for 308 yards against a stout, what is usually a pretty stout Tennessee defense. He totally outshines Ryan Tannehill. And then Naheem Hines, like Mr. Hines, I mean, shout out hey, my ladies. man on the show right now. But like, yeah, what to do, baby. But... Um, he still no, it wasn't as great as Derrick Henry, but still with a touchdown and getting seventy yards and six yards of carry, like he looked just as impressive as Derrick Henry did that day. So, I, I I mean, they come out, they did their business, and they're six and three after week ten. Like this was a team that now they've got a big game going forward against the Packers in week eleven, and if they win that game, like. This is the most untalked about serious title contender that we would have to get into. And of course, we get into week 11, and what did they do? They shot the world. That's all that they do. They come in, they take the Packers to OT. OT, everyone loves an OT game. And now while I picked the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and I was one of those people that's been sleeping on these Colts, they were able to pull it out. And now they're 7-3. and three. They made themselves a serious title contender. I mean, 288 yards and three touchdowns by Phillip Rivers. Like, who is this guy? It's San, it's San Diego revived. Like, who cares about the Los Angeles Chargers? It's the San Diego Chargers revived. And, they, and so, like, he's been playing really well. Jonathan Taylor is still uh, – I mean, he's obviously emerging, but he still has his games where he does really well as the workhorse in the backfield again. Michael Pittman Jr. the leading receiver, a young talent that's developing. T.Y. Hilton can always be a threat at any time as long as he stays healthy. Like, this is a real team. And then we move into the last week um, that we've been recapping this week. That would be week 12. And let me pull it up real quick.
1: Uh, <laughs> I believe it was... It. Huh? Uh,
0: what would you say? Blowout. Yeah. Yep. And then they play... The Titans again, and everybody's super hot, hyped up. Hyped up. Now I don't know about you, Mickey Hines. I'm never the fan of going back to play the team that you just whooped their butt. Like I, like I don't know what it is, but usually a team comes back with like a vengeance. It's not that it's not fun. It's not that I'm not ready for it. It's just you know that every person on every play is coming for you because you got to redeem yourself after the way that the Colts beat the Titans two weeks ago but they come around and stop the Colts when they're riding high. Everyone's starting to talk about them being a contender for the first time. And then that's how they represent. I just, again, it's they, I love the Colts this season. They're a crazy story. They're seven and four. I think that they're still going to make the oh, playoffs. No. I know that you're talking about, I, 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 I think that they just might, but I'm not, I'm not sure. It, it's tight in the AFC, but with uh, having seven spots, it's, it's possible. It's possible. So, they're at 7-4, and four and they're tied with another team that I'm going to go talk about here next. But your thoughts on the Colts? I'm really
1: happy you did bring them up. Like you said, we typically don't talk about the Colts because there's kind of that team that, you know, been winning games. Now, let me digest some of that. Like you said, the uh, Week 10 game, that being against the Indianapolis uh, – my apologies, the Tennessee Titans – yeah, we all thought Tennessee was going to, you know, ride, you know, uh, easy win here. And they they didn't. So, I mean, the biggest thing you got to look here is Derrick Henry still had over 100 yards and a loss. Like, he's still going to do him. He did, granted, he didn't have a touchdown. Philip Rivers did throw for 300. Like, yeah, Philip Rivers but, is showing, but, but. like ooh, some young uh, Philip Rivers let him go. And he, he absolutely outplayed Ryan Tannehill. The reason why they won this game, though, Mister Zizzy, is the Colts are probably the ah, second best, third best defense in the league. There in the top three, no doubt. DeForest Buckner, bad man. Darius Leonard. I'm pretty sure he was a. He has some awards under his belt as well. And Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota. Like these are three just dudes like common household names on the defense, which you know typically defensive players don't get as much love. Sorry, Zizzy. I mean, but these are dudes that are. Super- uh, it's true. I think it's the true. Defense is leading this Colts team. This Colts team can hold a very high-powering offense, Tennessee Titans to 17 points. Like we've seen Tennessee been balling lately. All right. Then we go to week 11. Let's see if my point stands here on the defense that is rolling, like you were saying. The Green Bay Packers, granted, they gave up 31 points, but they did their job enough to give the offense a chance to win in overtime. Some free football. Everyone loves yeah. free football. And beating Green Bay. Oh, I love when Green Bay loses. And. Once again, I mean, Phillip Rivers, three touchdowns, one interception, and same as Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers beat him by about 30 more yards. And it's just phenomenal to see that this team can win even when the score is 31. So the defense didn't do as well. And the Colts still won because their offense finally came alive. And that's exciting. It was a very big game. And then we get to the one that you were just talking about. Derrick Henry said, move over. I know you have the third best, second best defense in the league. I'm going to move on the king. King Henry, for sure, as a running back, once upon a time, I absolutely love seeing a bad man just run over the Indianapolis Colts defense for three touchdowns, 178 yards. I had him on my fantasy team. You were talking about Tyree Kill. It's also nice having Henry rushing for 100 yards per game. But, I mean, this man, I don't get why he's not in the contention for MVP. MVPs kind of became a quarterback uh, award, but Terrick Henry said, move over Colts. I'm coming through. And you still just can't discredit the Indianapolis Colts, though. I mean, 295, two touchdowns for Philip Rivers. Granted, Philip Rivers loves throwing interceptions. And Ty, T.Y. Hilton finally kind of had a good game. I remember two or three years ago, he was a fantasy, you know, Lord, we're all going to get him in fantasy, first pick, second pick. So you got to look at that as well, that some of those dudes are coming alive. But, I mean, the defense. I'm sorry. Tackling Derrick Henry's hard. I know Darius Leonard had uh, I think ten total tackles, a sack and tackle for loss, but uh I'm really happy you brought the Colts up. They're going to make the playoffs, no doubt in my mind. I see him. I I you know, pencil in, in um shoot, give them a pen. pen, pen them in. And Indianapolis Colts might be uh a, a force to be with in the playoffs if they if their defense balls out like they can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Their defense is again, like pretty much their entire team, I think underrated. They're built around possibly the best middle linebacker in the game right now, at least least young talent-wise. This guy is young. Darius Leonard is the real deal. And, I mean, yeah, it's Derrick Henry. We're talking about this guy that when we're looking at the MVP award, like the MVP award stands for most valuable player. Every single game that we come in, you know Derrick Henry's getting his this season. Like you, you know, it's coming and he get he gets triple yard, like triple digits in yardage, even in the games that they lose, he produces, he comes in, he does his job, puts the team on his back, scores points, make sure that the offense does enough to make sure that they win the game. That's exactly what you need. And it's the definition of valuable when you're talking about the award might not be the best player in the league might not be the best stats wise, even though his stats are still very, very good. Um, but at the end of the day, like when it comes to value for a team, I agree. Derrick Henry is that guy. And so when you, we talk about the last game out of that series where they got stomped when all the momentum was in their favor, yeah, that's a big blow to them. But they're still seven and four. They have a great look at playoffs, and they still have a great team to build behind, obviously, when we talk about the two wins that they had before that. One of them was against a team that they just got blown out by. So it's not like they can't compete or beat, with them, or beat them. They're a very, very good team. So, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Colt, Colt, oh, Colt should make it. It just depends on how hey, tight the AFC oh, they play race the Texans, gets. They because...
1: play the Jaguars, and I think they play the Falcons if I was looking at it. So I mean, they have an easier schedule coming up, winnable games. Oh, the Raiders—that one will be tough. But I mean, they have those two teams. Where get them a nine. So, you, know,
0: you never know what team is going to show up. So yeah, so I don't know, but I think they do have a good shot. I think they got a good look. So um, we'll see what happens moving forward. I think it also just depends on how the rest of the ASC race goes. Um, any last take nope. from you on them?
1: Their defense is raw. All right.
0: Yeah, well, moving forward, I was kind of leaning towards it. Um, by the end of Week 12, they ended up with the same record as the Colts in the AFC. So that's what I mean when it gets a little bit tight in the AFC playoff race, even for the 7th seed. But got to talk about my own team, the Miami Dolphins, as of course. Now, coming off of a great win in Week 9 against the Arizona Cardinals, one of the top teams in the NFL. I actually wanted to sit there, you know, and start, like – like I'm starting to create some crazy hot takes, but you know I had to wait. I was starting, I was starting to tell you I can't, I can't get too excited about Tua. Can't get too excited about anything moving forward, especially right before we play Justin Herbert in Week Ten. Because if Justin Herbert comes out and balls and plays better and wins, it, it, we might not, we might not feel that good about it. But nonetheless, we come out in Week Ten and the Dolphins do win the game against the Chargers, 29 to 21. They increased their win streak to five games in a row. Justin Herbert did have two touchdowns, one hundred and eighty, but only one hundred and eighty-seven yards. Still threw an interception because our defense, for some reason, while they'll allow people to get a bunch of yards, they're great at t- turnovers at the last second, and that's all we need. Um, our rushing game offensively for the Dolphins with our new emerging Savant Ahmed with eighty-five yards and a touchdown on the ground. Obviously, Tua not doing anything crazy, but again. No turnovers, no interceptions. Continually, continuing to put the ball in the right spot and help and lead the team get to another win. That's always helpful. Uh, obviously, Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker, Mike Josecki. We know what they're going to do for us out there at the receiving core. They're just never going to necessarily overpower you. Devontae might on a good on a good game from now on, every now and then, but always consistent. It's all we need right now. We'll get another receiver in free agency. It's coming, but after that. You know we're what six and three. We've won five straight. We've beaten teams like the Rams, the Cardinals, other teams that have been competitive again, like the Chargers, who are the king of one possession losses. Again, they had another one against this Dolphins team. But I started to sit here and think: Are the Dolphins like the fourth best team? No, in the NFL. And that was just based. That was just based. That was just based off of the heat of the moment, the fact that the, the Cardinals were hot, the Rams were hot again. And these were teams that had all fallen to the Dolphins. No matter how close the game is, you they lost. And so you're starting to think, this is a defense that creates turnovers. They're number, I think they're tied for first or second in turnovers for defense this season. They've got a quarterback now who wasn't turning the ball over because two has now had six touchdowns to zero interceptions in his career, which is always great. You've got a young developing running back and then I, I mean, and wins against a top tier team. So I'm, I was starting to get super, super confident. And then we move along here into week 11. And hang on one second. I lost my place in my notes. Oh boy. But yeah, but we move into week 11 and I'm sitting here getting ready to talk about how great they are. And like, no way are you gonna to lose to a Bronco team, right? Like we're gonna be seven and three, six-game win streak, move it on to the Jets, easy win there. You got a seven-game win streak, and you're sitting at nine and three or eight and three, whatever it is. Like you're set for a playoff run at that point, but then we come out. And no, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not I don't I don't know what happened. It was pretty hard to watch. We really just had nothing offensively. I know that the Broncos, it's not that they have a bad defense. I don't think their defense is actually pretty solid in my opinion. We watched them come out and do a similar type of shutdown game against another AFC East team in the Patriots. So maybe it's just a formula or a game plan they got. But nonetheless, they made it to where Tua Tango Viola did not finish the game. And that was a little bit concerning, not necessarily for the fact of his future because he still hasn't even thrown an interception. It's not like he's not going to be the starter, but it's just more of the fact that I don't think it was the right call. I think that in that moment you should have let him le- left him in the game, make him at least try and fight or scrap for it late in the game. I know that Fitzpatrick came in and was letting it fly. I know that Tua wasn't really letting it go and was holding onto the ball a lot, but That's just things that a young developing quarterback is going to have to learn. So I'm not sure if I agree with the call to pull him. But nonetheless, this is still we have Ryan Fitzpatrick on the team and why I believe that will be a good playoff team because it's about the team. He steps in, gets a quick 100-plus yards passing. yes, he threw the late interception, but he's just trying to make a play happen to win the game. They were losing the whole game. Can't really fault him for that. And then you move ahead to the Jets. Tua doesn't play because of the injury. To, a, to his throwing thumb, which, like, okay, understandable. We're playing the Jets. They haven't even won yet. Doesn't matter. Fitzpatrick steps in, does exactly what he needs to do. We take care of business. The defense plays how they're supposed to play, and we win the game. And now here we are at seven and four, tied with the Colts and the AFC, looking at that, looking from the outside in at a playoff spot. The Dolphins are a real contending team, and people got to realize that.
1: You're wrong. You're. A little bit right. Wow! Right. Wow! Just
0: instantly you're wrong? Instantly? Not even like... So, oh, I, okay. the one
1: thing that you're kind of right is their defense is good. I'd give them top seven, top five defense in the league. I mean, oh, they are That's what, score points, right? Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's about I mean, the That's score. what I'm
1: saying, that they are a great defense, okay? So, you said week 10. Let's go to week 10. They did have... A good win over the Chargers. Justin Herbert held him that many yards, like he's been balling. Potential rookie of the year. Yes, I'm going to say that was a good win. Uh, Should have won though. All right, moving on to week 11. Yeah, week 11, yeah. the Denver Broncos. Homeboys didn't even have a quarterback this week. Like that franchise is not good. At
0: that all. was this week. That I was mean, this Drew week. Drew
1: Locke's playing for his job and whatnot. So I mean, I get that he goes for 270, but no touchdowns. Melvin Gordon just said, "Move over, Miami. I'm scoring as many points as you did in the entire game." So I mean, kind of crazy there for the Broncos. But that Dolphins team, I mean, Tua, eighty-three yards and a touchdown, eleven for twenty. I mean, that's not good at all, Mister Zizzy. Fitzmagic came in, one hundred seventeen. He did have that pick though. Uh, I mean, this is the first time Fitzmagic's played since he got pulled randomly out of the blue. But uh, that's an embarrassing loss and. A game teams will go look back for and say, hey, how do we beat the Dolphins? Let's go check the Denver Broncos game, which never should have happened. That should have been a win. Like you said, they should be on a winning streak, a hot winning streak, if this Dolphins team was a legit contender. So now we get into – sorry, I'm heated. I'm I'm loving this conversation right here about the Miami Dolphins. Of course, the (laughs) all-intended Jets. Fitzmagic does does what he needs to do, once again proving that he should be the starter because he just wins games. He's a quarterback that's going to go win you the game no matter what, and your defense only allows three points. You better win the football game if they only allowed three points. I mean, come on now, if the Dolphins are somewhat good. But, 23 win and win. Pittsburgh should be the starter there. Again, a sole win with uh, no one else playing. But now, Mr. Zizzy, you have the Bengals next week. Alright? Okay. Yeah, should win. Let's go eight wins, alright? But then the next few games.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, they better now because we got Joe Joe Burrow. Burrow Like, come on now, rest in peace,
1: peace, Joe Burrow. He'll he'll bounce back like no other. Yeah, he will. Let me know if you need any tips. But uh, week fourteen, Kansas City. All right, good luck, Zizzy. Sorry, Miami's taking the L on that one. They're gonna (laughs) keep on rolling. All right, then moving forward, they have the Patriots. Which I mean, New England, you have to play them twice, you know, and. It's tough to play a team twice, you know, and the New English might be fighting for a spot as well. Then you have the Raiders. The Raiders are a good football team. They're just inconsistent. I think Miami's going to really have to game plan for the Raiders. All right? They're going to Week 17, which potentially could be putting them into the playoffs. They have the Buffalo Bills. So, the three of those games in the next four – the uh, next five are going to be so challenging for this Miami team. So you really need to make sure you have to upset two to in the playoffs, in my opinion. So you're saying they make this playoff push? It's going to be tough. That Denver Bronco win would have. Ooh, I think would have edged them in, penciled them in. But uh, I am not sold. Now, if they upset, which I mean, it's it's possible with this Miami team, they will make the playoffs. They have to upset three, one of the three of those teams that I mentioned. That is why you're wrong.
0: Only one. If it's only oh, yeah. one, I feel if very upset confident. Somehow, Kansas out. City or the Raiders okay. or
1: the Bills, like they're in. I think those are. Well,
0: the Raider, the Raiders are like you said. I feel are inconsistent when you're looking at the future down, the, their future schedule down the road, and you don't know which Raiders team is going to show up. Obviously, that's all that you really have to think about with that. Um, with the Bills, it's a divisional game, and it's going to be a game that could very easily even decide the. Who wins the division? So that game is going to be a toss up either way. It's going to be competitive. I don't think that you were saying it wasn't going to be, but it's going to be a close game, a toss up either way. They may not be favored, but I like their chances there. You always like a divisional game. It's close. The Patriots, typically, we always split a game with them, if I'm being honest. So I kind of expect that to happen. Um, again, especially with one team, they're going to be playing pretty close. Um, proximity um as far as like the weeks that they play each other so that whoever loses the first game it's going to be fresh in the second game so you never know um but the chiefs always a scary game but i'll i, I may just be believing i I believe i believe oh, no, no. in every game for the rest of the season because they do they do have a real chance of being a playoff push and i do think that they have a real shot at at least upsetting one of those three teams, because I think that the rest they of the games they should, mean, they should win to. as they're the supposed to. Push. And if
1: they do, then I believe you, yeah, yeah they will. Yeah, I, mean, I think it yeah. will be solidified by then. But I mean, they have to do that. And then I'll buy in on Miami making the playoffs. But I... good luck.
0: Yes. But moving on. So the last team that I wanted to talk about wasn't really like, it's not, it's it's the Raiders, you know? It's the Raiders. And it's simply just because they're another team that I just I don't really know what to think about them anymore. They're six and five. They've had great wins like the Chiefs early on in the past. They go through these this series of three weeks, and it's again ups and downs. So let's talk about it. We'll go in reverse order this time. But we got in week twelve. They are blown out,
1: blown out
0: by the Falcons 43 to 6. Like, I'm talking absolutely blown out. And, like, I picked the Raiders to win that game. I put, I actually put money on that one because, like, I don't know, it's the Falcons. While they're always unpredictable when it comes to doing anything, like, I felt confident about the Raiders coming into this game. But to only score six points against a Falcons defense that usually is pretty porous and then get drilled. 43 on the other side like they made they made Matt Ryan look like a superstar they made everybody on that team looking like a superstar the defense looked like a superstar which you never hear that in Atlanta but you've got that and then in week 11 you're looking at them and they're playing a game against the Chiefs where right before this game where they get blown out they're playing this super, super close competitive game against the Chiefs, which in my opinion, they honestly blew. Like, I thought they had the Chiefs again. And then it comes down to a late-game heroics by the by the greatest player in the game today. And, like, you kind of expect that to happen, but Mahomes, when you're dropping 350 yards and two touchdowns, like, it is what it is. He's got some of the best weapons around him. They can come back at any point. They can score on any drive. It is what it is. But when you have a chance to beat a team like that, you have to take advantage of it because not only is it a confidence booster for your team moving forward, but it would have put them in such a good playoff position and then maybe been a, had a different carryover effect to go into the next game. I don't know. Maybe they felt a little bit deflated after losing that, and that's why they got drilled by the Falcons. But either way, those two games, those back to back losses, they take them from being a team that was six and three to now being six and five. And I'm not really going to get into the week 10 game. I didn't really even look at who they played from that. But those two games, I was looking at this Raiders team like a serious threat. They've beaten the Chiefs, the only team to do so the whole season. They have an offense that has a Derek Carr at quarterback that has been uh, an MVP candidate before. So you know they have people that can play. You've got receivers around them, a defense that's playing eh, but enough to do well. And now they lose back to back games and they're six and five in a tough division. And a tough conference. I, I don't know. I don't know your thoughts.
1: We talked about how they are inconsistent. Well, Zizzy, in the past three weeks, they've done every single way you can win or lose a football game. Blow out the Broncos, thirty-seven to twelve. Derek Carr, though, who I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. I always have been. He's from, I think, Fresno State. Wow, I don't even know what college he's from. Yeah, he's from Fresno State, and he only had one hundred and fifty-four yards in that game, Mister Zizzy, passing. Now, he sat in the back seat of the car and let Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs go for a total of four touchdowns and 200 yards rushing. I mean, the rush game was unbelievable, and that defense took care of business. And Drew Locke might lose his job because he threw four picks, one touchdown. And your Miami defense somehow lost to that. So, moving, going on. So, they blew out a team. <laughs> then you talked about that Kansas City team. For some reason, the Raiders are licking their chops every time they play the Chiefs because they are the closest to beating them and have beat them. Now, they've done it twice. Like I said, it's very tough. To play a team three times if they meet them in the playoffs being that seventh seed or whatnot in kansas city does not get that first seed i am scared as a red kingdom fan the raiders love playing the chiefs and they always will play they lose a close one that's another way they lose or win okay then we get into week 12 the atomic bomb the falcons laid on the raiders 43 to 6 here and you said they made them look like all-stars um No, the defense just played, like, the 85 Bears defense. Now, the Falcons offense, 185 (laughs) for two touchdowns for Matt Ryan. That's not good stats. And then their best running back was Edo Smith with 65 yards and a touchdown.
0: I mean, it just looked – clean. I guess it just looked so easy. Like, the whole game for the Falcons, the whole game plan. Like, when I say they made them look like superstars, like, it just looked effortless. effortless. It looked like there was no fight.
1: uh, Team forces, formals, and an interception. Like – that's a pretty big deal. I, oh, that's God. a pretty good defense. Derek Carr was looking like a mess out there, and teams are going to be looking at this game. Ooh, the Raiders lost by this much? What? And their kicker, the U guy, yo guy, had five field goals. I wish I had him on my fantasy team. I need him actually in one of my leagues right now to score me 15 but uh, from a kicker. But the Raiders need to definitely wipe this Week 12 game away and move on forward. They got the Jets. Now, Zizzy, I am so tempted If to Jets. J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm they might get their win. But I don't no. think Raiders lay an egg two weeks in a row. They're too inconsistent, consistently good, if that makes sense. They're too good at being up and down. That they're this is their upside <laughs> You know? So I'm sorry, Jets fans. I don't think they're getting the dub against the Raiders. And then you move on for them. They play the Colts, which we talked about is a playoff team. I think they allude to that. I think that's their inconsistent game. So I mean the Raiders might not make the playoffs, and that's kind of crazy that they beat the potential best team in the league. So hopefully they got to win some tough games coming down here to really earn that playoff spot. And, I mean, like I said, if they play the Chiefs in the playoffs, woo dog, yeah, I put my money to the bank on the Raiders. But uh, they got to get there, and it's going to be a tough road. It's not going to be easy picking.
0: Um. Sometimes you hurt me when you bet against the best players in the game. You gotta give people this year. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that, but when it comes down to a playoff time and the defending Super Bowl champ and MVP, you ain't gonna give him his, give him his props, props no, in no, that no, moment.
1: I mean, it's the inconsistent raiders.
0: You it's ain't giving him the,
1: the props. Everything's possible.
0: Oh. Everything's possible. Okay,
1: 2008.
0: Um but yeah, no, that's really all I had on them. I just think that they're one oh, of the more before. interesting stories as well, as we go to continue just because they are so inconsistent. Like it's actually just kind of fun to watch watching them blow somebody out and then get blown out the following week. It's pretty crazy. But um for me, other than that. There was just other things to touch on, obviously that have happened the last few weeks. Like we touched on it earlier, Joe Burrow with the season-ending injury. Obviously, hope he gets back and is able to like um, be back for Week One. But even if he's not, I think he'll come back stronger than ever. He was doing. He was a ve- like candidate for Rookie of the Year. He was playing very, very well. Um, even though they weren't necessarily winning games, he stepped into a team that went zero and twelve to start the season last year. And was struggling on every aspect of the ball, and then took them to win some pretty important games. So, yeah. So, um, got to talk about that. Um, the Cowboys continue to struggle. I just the blowout against the uh, against the Washington football team. Just it 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 was just the to me it's like the capsule of their season. And the thing that's crazy is they're still in the playoff race. They're still in the playoff race. I don't. I, I don't understand it, but watching that, their season has been a soap opera like no other, Um, so that was another thing, and then the other side of that game in general, Alex Smith has been the starting (laughs) quarterback now for what, two, three games in a row, Um, and like on on one leg, and it's just, just watching the comeback story is inspirational, it's awesome, it's amazing. Um, To anybody that ever gets injured or goes through any crazy traumatic experience, like power to you like I, I know it takes support it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of things like that but i mean power to every person like that and power to that story it's inspiring but to watch them come out and then drum the cowboys it, it was it was something to watch so those are my little like knickknacks to just, just throw to go in on, the on, the on about you your knickknacks make-
1: totally uh agree Joe Burrow is going to bounce back like no other. He made the Bengals compete. I mean, not great, but I mean, he's going to be a good quarterback here in the NFL. And then you talked about the uh, Dallas Cowboys as well. Uh, somehow still in the playoff fight and like the Giants, the Giants are winning that division with a no Saquon Barkley at a four and seven, whatever record they have. That's incredible. A six and 10 team might go to the playoffs. And that's going to make me real sad. If the bears go like eight and eight and whatnot, but the last thing you said, the Washington football team, Uh pulling off dubs. I mean, they're starting to win a little bit, show a little bit of light. Now, granted, they have a tough schedule coming up. They play uh, slow-up Pittsburgh team this next week. They might pull an upset. I could see it. Washington might pull the upset because of the short schedule preparing for the Washington football team. And they're playing for playoff hopes. so they're going to be playing with a lot of energy. And like you said, Alex Smith is uh, – Queuing in his inner Mickey Hines with this great comeback. Uh, a lot of good things you said right there about people coming back from injuries. And Alex Smith is a story that if you ever need motivation, go check him out. The man was about to lose his leg at one time and he's coming out balling and just playing his dream. And I love seeing his family in the stands cheering him on. But uh, that's just on your little quick uh, little. knickknacks right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, you brought up even another one, even like the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated, but this whole game between them and the <laughs> Ravens, like, let, let's just throw it away. In my opinion, like, we're having Woo! them play at 345 on a Wednesday. Like, co- come on now, guys. Like that's different. that is the, that is the undefeated team in the NFL. Like to me, that's almost disrespectful. You're going to play 345 on a Wednesday and then come back around and have to play on Sunday. Like, NFL, like, we, ain't, we don't care about this team. Like, come on now. Like, I say scrap this game as crappy as it is because even though, like, it's a big, it's not necessarily playoff implication, but, like, it's a big rivalry game, and these are two big elite teams where even, I don't even know, that's the thing, though. I don't even know who would play if the game is played. I don't even know who's going to be eligible at this point. So that's another little crazy topic to get on, but... I'll ramble. Oh yeah. My
1: closing remarks here, Mr. Zizzy, is first off, thank you for everyone for listening. Shout out Matt Lewis, coach, head coach for Oshcash, for coming on the uh podcast. Amazing interviews. Fun to have him
0: on. And thank you for all the support and whatnot. I know I've been hearing
1: some good things, and we just love doing this. We say it every week, but we give content you. The pickups are going really well. Actually, Ben Alger's taking a commanding lead by four games over Mason Davis. And I think Hunter Wright's in third, and you and me are sitting at that fourth, third spot right in the mix as well. So uh, we're about nine to eight games behind. So it's going to get interesting here in the Beat the Mickey's Izzy podcast. NFL pickups. We'll keep you updated on that next time. So thank you so much for all the support. Let us know if you want to be on the show or hear any cool segments. We can also change that up for you as well. We'd love to have you on if you want to be on. Mr. Zizzy.
0: If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey, who is Zizzy? Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night.